0: Welcome, Highfalutin ski Bum Podcast, episode number 203. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up?
1: Not much. We've been doing this just like everybody is trying to do this now. We've been remote. We've been virtual. We've been online. We've been hanging out, just sitting here unshaven. We've been doing this for years.
0: We're built for quarantine.
1: I know. We've been quarantining we are- ourselves for years.
0: Hey man, we're not skiing, so you might as well be quarantined and locked in the basement. Now that's uh those are our two favorite places to be. So right. we can't do one, so we'll just do the other. So here exactly. we are. So hope you guys are well, hope you guys are safe. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We really do appreciate it. For more information, ski If you want to send us an email, ski at gmail.com. You want to buy some swag so you can sit at home and show off on your Zoom video conferences for your your coworkers. SkiBumPodcast dot slash shop. We're in all the socials: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Bomb Podcast. On your favorite podcasting apps: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere else, go go look for us. We'll be there too. But those are the most important ones. So thank We're you everywhere. for listening. We're everywhere. So Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time. For Opry today.
1: So, there's been a lot of talk about what people are drinking lately, of course, because people are day drinking, I'm sure. Um, but I know we had a little thing going on Instagram. Uh, there's a little banter going, right? People were like, I don't know, like, w- what are they drinking all day? Like, you know, and you mentioned that you're doing, uh, you know, what you're doing. We'll get to that later. But we'll get to that. I, I posted that, uh, you know, now's the time to up your cocktail game. So, uh, I got to say, I like mixed drinks. I like cocktails today. I, so I've been drinking cocktails all week. Um, I think I'm going to start a cocktail series. Look for it. It's an idea. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Do a little nice because I've been making infusions. I've been making like, like, uh, simple syrup from berries and making fucking drinks with that. Like it's been, it's been pretty good. My cocktail game's good, but, uh, it's more like a fancy cocktail hour. Like I make one for me and my girl. We hang out, sit on TV, chill out. Like, have a nice cocktail, and then we hit the fucking beers and whatever else we're going to drink. You know what I mean? But you do like a little civilized, and then you go wild, you know?
0: Um, Wait, so you're saying that the cocktails are civilized, and the beers are...
1: Uncivilized? Well, oh. it, it's just kind of like you you relax, you simmer down with a cocktail, and then you start drinking whatever, you know? And then things go, and you have a nice beer, a
0: nice drink, and... Jesus takes the wheel.
1: Exactly. But you start off with the the first one or two, like really making a nice cocktail you spend a lot of time a lot of effort and then after that it's like look i'm not putting some fancy simple syrup i'm just fucking saying yeah chucking together a gin and juice or whatever you're actually
0: using real fruit and you're you're using the uh citrus citrus uh zester and all that stuff exactly using all the tools. it's like making a
1: i made a bloody mary this weekend it took me like fucking 20 minutes to make a bloody mary why because i took my time
0: was and that a third one? You're just taking whatever that clam juice and vodka, yeah. and just, just pour it in your mouth together. Right? That's right. Here's some, just here's swishing a shot it of, around. That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no regard. You just fucking just throw it in there. That's it. I, I, I made the fancy one, the nice one that you remember. And then you get a little hammer that's it. Exactly. Uh, that's the move. But while I was going to do that today, I was pretty busy and, uh, I didn't have time to make a nice cocktail. I thought about it, but then I was like shoving pizza down my gullet before we got on here. I had to do Mm. the, you know, so, you know, life caught up with me. Uh, But I noticed in the fridge, I still have a nice beer that I like drinking, local. So I went with a good old-fashioned highlight, Cigar City. Nice. So anybody that hasn't had highlight, you're missing out. I think they carry this a lot of places anyway. Um, Indian Pale Ale, and it is... Damn, I zoomed in pretty. Ooh.
0: Yeah, I Uh-oh. got a couple different views here. I'm just messing around with. Sorry. Messing.
1: So the highlight, you can zoom into that. There you go. Boom. So we got a little highlight. Uh, it's a very good IPA, one of my favorite IPAs. I got to say...
0: They nailed that beer, man. That, that's a solid choice, and they have it all over the place. It's crazy. You think something that's... It's almost like if it was that good, you think it would be just like super micro-brewish. Yeah.
1: It's like a step under sip of sunshine. And it's distributed probably like two hundred times more than sip of sunshine. (laughs) it's everywhere. So, um, yeah. So this is my favorite. Uh, They have this on draft down here everywhere. It's kind of nice and get in the can. Pretty good. Uh, It's a beefy one though. It's like seven seven point five percent. So get you going.
0: Helps you Um, bring the ruckus.
1: I got to say, Tampa, Brian, when you come down here, you got to come down. Uh, there's a lot of good breweries down here, uh, specifically for IPAs. Um, and then they're doing like fruited wheats. That's the other one that they do. A lot of fruity wheat. Butter.
0: Fruity wheat beers, huh?
1: Fruity wheat beers. Well, because it's so hot here, they do like the fruited wheat or they do, you know, something where you can drink them on the beach. Mm-hmm. So Very very good.
0: Yeah, that's area. the one cool thing about when you you travel, drinking the beers that are local because... There's a reason why they're making particular kinds of beers in particular areas. You know, whether that's where the ingredients grow, or it's just the certain things you want to drink. Like, you don't want a big, heavy, lactosey, gnarly IPA if you're sitting on the beach all day. Like that just doesn't work. Like you want something lighter, a right. little fruitier, a little more refreshing. So that's that's, that's ninety cool degrees. That. Let's
1: get a nice IPA, right? <laughs> oh
0: my god! Like I got some, I got some humdingers in the fridge. So I think one I have is like at least ten and a half percent. You know, you get Dang like a, like the triple sunshine. That's I think that's around ten and a half percent too. And you put one of those down, and like you feel it. And if you're in the sun too, like you're just yeah. you're just gonna. Why are you doing that to yourself? Have some nice well, all day like session IPAs, uh, all day. Yeah. I, what is it? The all day IPA, the one from Founders. Yeah,
1: Founders, love that one. Four and they, But they have a lot of the IPAs they brew down here in Florida. They're they usually have like a fruit tint to them. I mean, even Highlight has like a. It's the hops they use. The uh, it, it tastes a little citrusy. The citra hops. Um, yeah, the Citra, and they're all like seven, seven and a half, like close to eight. And you have them out here in the heat. You just have like one or two and you're like, holy shit, I am fucked up right now. (laughs) Like you notice it really, especially in that heat, man.
0: (sighs) Yeah, definitely. You feel that.
1: But we're having good weather right now. I can't complain. We've had like, I got to say almost 30 days of no rain and freaking right now, it just cooled down to high 67. And last week it was a high of 80, like four. So damn. I got to say it ain't bad and sunny, but you can't go to the beach. You can't well, stay inside.
0: Well, there's. I mean, again, this isn't really a story that we're talking about, but I saw a couple articles saying that the level of carbon in the air seems to be dropping with people traveling so much less. So yeah. you Good. wonder if, you know, how about every year we take April or May and nobody travels and we keep this quote unquote, again, not getting political, global warming, you know, whatever yeah. side of the fence or debate you want to be on. Like, something's up, but would this change that? Like, would would we actually be able to control our destiny by not being such selfish, just consuming pigs that we are?
1: Yeah, I think you this know? little rest, you know, as, as unfortunate as it is, I think the rest it's giving to the environment is is great. I think it's all healing healing itself a little bit, you know? Um, there's freaking, there was a seal in, uh, in Clearwater Beach, like last week. Just came up and fucking hanging out. Yeah. Just, you never see seal up there. You see manatee, you see dolphin. Um, of course she's shark once in a while, but a lot of dolphin and, uh, yeah, this fucking seal just came up, just hanging out with people, just chilling out.
0: (laughs) I remember you guys. What's up? Yeah. Seal, seal high fives. It's like a seal high one. That's right. (laughs) Well, the way I think about the earth is the way. Uh, So the metaphor that I like to use, you know, the movie, the Incredibles. Mm Mm-hmm fantastic movie and i that's one of our favorite like pixar movies and now with benjamin getting a little older we watch it with him and there's a part where mr incredible is trying to like he finds that computer and he puts the chronos code in and he sees all the the supers that were killed on the island from the guy not a spoiler alert jesus christ the movie's like 15 <laughs> years old
1: people are like god damn it brian i want to go in fresh
0: <laughs> yeah. And then so he gets like uh, his wife presses the little beacon button and his, his thing goes off and the alarm goes off while he's there. And all these big black glob jewels kind of like hit him. And at first he can kind of walk with like one or two glob jewels on him and then more and more glob jewels hit him. And then he's come over and over again and it just completely stops him in his place. But at first yeah. he can kind of keep moving a little bit. I feel like humans being on the planet. All the stuff the consuming we do, our cars, our travel, agriculture—we're just kind of like absorbing the resources from the planet, like all of us collectively. And yeah. just and it's not like we're not getting bigger, gnarlier cars or traveling less. Like we're trying. Like look at look at a plane, and you, you know when you're flying, usually you have your app and it shows like where the plane's coming from, and you could just go through the history of the last couple of days of where it's been going. That thing is not sitting; it's always just going, going, yeah. going. Planes, thousands of planes, every minute in the sky, flying all over the place. NASCAR, you know, every kind of like racing event, like all the shit that we're doing every single day. Just general commuting. Oh, yeah. there's, there's so much shit that we're we're just like you know pumping into the earth, and then we're trying to you know grow more crops and do all this and pulling stuff out of the earth and oil and fracking like that's what I feel like the earth is doing. All those glob jewels hitting it is us consuming and putting shit into the atmosphere. And you hey, know what? All you- I know is at the beach,
1: the shoreline, there's a ton less piss and shit. That's like getting put in there by people at the beach. Let's put it yeah. that way. got yeah. that will be better. It's going to be cleaner beach.
0: It's gotta be. Maybe every year we do one month where we just sit at home. I agree with that. Why not do that? Just, it's almost like a worldwide lent. Yeah. You know, well you know we're just taking off april
1: if you can't have a week where you stay where you live and enjoy being there you might need to live somewhere else
0: we talked about that last week with nick and that that's something that people are really starting to revisit now is do i like where i live is this really the place i want to be
1: I'm sure there's a bunch of people that are shored up in their freaking New York City apartment saying this apartment sucks. It's small. It really has a shitty cooking area. Like, you know, there's got to be something that's going on where people are like, I don't want to be in my own place, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So I'm fine being here. I'm in a yeah. fucking cave.
0: Yeah, we got to, we got uh, I'm definitely happier we're here than where we were three years ago in our Hoboken place. So yeah, it's a lot, a lot quieter too there, right? For sure. So I uh so Mario alluded to before, I posted something on Instagram yesterday. So I tried this two years ago and I was I just I made one day, one day I I messed up the process. I was at a work (laughs) event and I, you know, being a little sellout little corporate little bitch that I was, I I drank, literally drank the Kool-Aid, the margarita Kool-Aid at the work.
1: I I gave it up. They shouldn't even ask.
0: I know. I didn't, though. I sold myself out. I sold my pride. I got to be like,
1: I'm 29 days sober right now.
0: <laughs> it was like 24, 24, or 25. So I was like, well, I was almost there. Damn. But uh, yeah. I, then I, you have I, a
1: drink, you're like, I got to go to another meeting. I got I to call my sponsor.
0: Yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> you know, I cheapened myself. You know, I should have just said no, but I didn't. So that was 2018, April, no boozy leads to May margs and full koozies. This nice. year, We're calling it Prohib April. So like Prohibition, Prohib April. -April, I put this little, I designed this little... uh, It's like November, you got April. I got April. And you know what? This month sucks anyway. So quarantined all month, working remote all month, not hanging out, not going to happy hours, parties, no uh, Bear Mountain Mogul Challenge at Killington, no April, no spring skiing trips. So you know what? This is a perfect month to just, go and not drink anything so pretty good pretty good
1: plan actually because think about the you know you're not you're probably not going to exercise as much right now so you're better off cutting out those extra calories too
0: i've been doing a lot of like instead of having like a a regular like one hour workout or 35 40 minute workout i have been just doing a bunch of little exercises all throughout the day nice i have you know a pull-up bar in my office i have uh i have a Actually, Andrea wanted a set of dumbbells for Christmas. So she found on Craigslist, it's like 50s, 40s, 30s, 25s, 20s. And she nice. had 15s and 10s already. So we have like a full set of dumbbells. So I keep a set of 30s in the living room. So I'll just walk by and bang out some bicep curls. Nice. I got a set of 50s in my office. I just kind of do uh farmer's carries with. I'll walk around while I'm on a conference call. Just do those. Lots of different kinds of push-ups. I've been doing 10 days in a row yoga doing a like a video series so i've been kind of mixing things up doing a lot of different stuff than i always did so nice it's it's been uh it's going to be a very interesting month so i weighed myself 177 i weighed yesterday and i know because of the booze i like i like big heavy ipas i tend to drop probably between five and ten pounds not changing my eating style just cutting out the booze so wow all right. We'll see what happens. So I am drinking my what I my usual go to when I'm not drinking is a Synergy GT's kombucha. Now, as I mentioned, this is a Mario, special one though, right? This is a very special one. This one is expired by a year. Like Damn. Just living in the back of the fridge. But that's safe though. You get dude, like botulism or some shit. Forget that. Dude, this is actually like me- this is legit medicine now. This is probably now. I said that the balvani Doublewood was the was gonna kill the coronavirus back in February. I was wrong. It did not. Well, maybe it did. I don't know. This stuff, goddamn for sure, will because it is made with uh GT's kombucha. Which is black tea, green tea, culture and sugar, pomegranate juice, lemon juice, fresh pressed ginger juice. Well, it was fresh pressed a year and a half ago. Yeah. Cayenne. Dude, this uh, I, I opened this bottle up. It fizzed for like five minutes straight. I pulled the goddamn SCOBY thing yeah. out. It was like just this like big, gnarly, long. Gross kind yes, of worm thing. looking thing. It's growing gross. in there. So this thing is a al- this thing is alive.
1: Damn. Like I said, it's like so, the stranger things thing.
0: It's like the strange, it's like an octopus tentacle. Like all kinds of stuff is happening in here. Damn, man. Yeah. Yes. probiotic, A lot of probiotics in here. You you
1: dancing with the dark arts in that one. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I'm doing this for a month. Um, uh, and I saw so our buddy Nick talking about last week. I was like freaking three plus months sober, which is super inspiring. So I'm going to, yeah. you know, I can do a month. I'm pretty sure.
1: I usually can do like five days.
0: Yeah, I've been drinking less just like, like one a day, like one glass of wine, one beer. But now I'm just... Uh, I'm just cutting out totally. Of course, I, I really want a goddamn margarita now. Just talking about this.
1: See, you just, you got
0: yourself. But it really doesn't, it, it doesn't, it's it's going to be all right. I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I'm, I've been so busy the last two weeks being quarantined and getting stuff done. The next month is going to be even more crazy. So I need more sleep. I need better sleep. So maybe this will help. So that would be nice. Sleep's the key. Sleep's the key. Sleep's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, ev- everyone seems to be drinking, though, during quarantine <laughs> and lockdown. That's right. So, you got a good story here. Uh, booze sales are booming as people stockpile alcohol, but it may not last. Because of this pandemic, uh, alcohol beverage sales have shot up 55% in the third week of March compared to the same time a year ago. Several states, including New York, order people to shelter in place, social distancing. People, of course, Quickly stocked up on spirits, wine, and beer. Ready to drink cocktails such as spiked lemonades or canned gin and tonics grew the most. A 106% spike in sales. Hard seltzer sales also remain strong with White Claw and truly remaining the top-selling brands. Wow, I love this. So beer, which has gradually fallen out of favor with the American drinker, that sort of fake news, too. Shitty beer has fallen out of favor. Good beer has just been rising up, and we're still drinking that. Well, percentage
1: wise, they're talking.
0: Percentage wise, yeah. But they're saying that the larger packs of 24 or 30 both grew 90% for the week compared to the year before. Damn. People are going bulk. People are going big.
1: So I like in here, they do the overall, you know, there might be a deeper recession. You see that? Yeah and they're saying they're saying uh they expect sales to remain strong for cheaper beer like budweiser but warns that craft beer industry may be hurt around 70% of its sales come from the brewers taprooms at bars which are currently closed in much of the US
0: true but a lot of them are doing curbside pickup so you can you know you still can still get the beers uh it's just a question of are they going to want to have their operations running and have a full staff and want to pay them during this time. Yeah. I mean, I'd be a total hypocrite, but I, I, I do wish and hope people support their, their local craft brewers. I will not be this month, but once may comes, I'm going to help you guys well, out.
1: Well, all the, uh, the breweries are closed. They're closed down here. Otherwise I would have been going to them, picking up some, uh, growlers and here and there. Are they really? Yeah, I
0: know they're, they were not, doing they're curbs- not essential. They were doing curbside here at a couple places. How oh, were they? Yeah, I don't know if that's changed. Do they
1: a sell food at those places, though? No. Oh, okay. Uh, here, it's only if you sell food takeout, then you can sell beers also as like a package to go. Um, I did go to a restaurant. I will not name where it was because I don't want to get them in trouble. But I did get wings, picked up some chicken wings last week with my girlfriend, and we asked... like. Hey, can we get a beer while we're waiting? And they're like, yeah, but you really can't drink it here. I could give it to you in a bag and you could drink it around the corner or in your car. <laughs> so I was like, I'll drink it in the car while I'm waiting for my food.
0: that sounds super legit.
1: Worked out pretty good. Sat in the backseat. So I wouldn't get uh you know, targeted for, Hey, are you driving while you're drinking a beer? Um, and then waited for my food, got it and left. Very <laughs> weird. It's a strange, strange time these days.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to look at what the local, uh, local breweries are doing. Yeah, they're still. Um, Carton is still doing a ton of them. Pickups.
1: Okay, they're doing pickups. See, there's a ton of breweries down here, but I maybe I have to check a little bit more because, um, most of them are closed. I wonder if a few of them may be open. Um, because on my bike on the trail when I bike ride, there's a ton of breweries, and um, usually it's one of those things if I have nothing to do and. I'm not on an exercise ride. I'm just on an enjoyable ride. I'll stop and grab a pint or two, you know, hoist up a pint and then, uh, let me get back on the bike and ride home. All right. So I may have to check that out. Something to do this weekend.
0: Wow. Now, um, Kane actually offers home delivery to our whole County on a daily basis. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very Nice. Nice. So that means I can just call up and have beer delivered, but not this month apparently because I am not drinking.
1: Uh, Did you call everybody and say, don't answer my call if I call you, don't deliver anything to me? Yeah, right. That would be awesome. Like begging people like, please man, I was only joking.
0: The funny thing is like on Instagram, like when I posted that yesterday about doing the pro of April, they're like, oh, like that sucks. Like, ha ha. Like that's dumb. Like, don't do that. Like, why would you do that? I mean, I don't, I get it. Like I know whenever I hear someone doing that, I kind of make the same kind of joke with them. But it's just funny how, you know, if you do think about it, we are just pouring poison into our bodies. Not saying that it's not wonderful and I don't love it. (laughs) But when someone doesn't want to do it for a little while, like we just rag them.
1: It's it's just a funny... And that's pretty sad if you think about it. Like, hey, you know, I'm not drinking it because... I just want to give my body a break. I'm getting really healthy. Maybe I have a problem that I'm not telling people, but, and then you just get like shit for, for doing it. It's, it's really, it's very yeah. interesting how people are. right. But you say you quit and smoking people. Are like, oh yeah, right on. Way to go. You know,
0: it's like, I'm going to stop smoking crack. They're not like, Oh, pussy, come <laughs> uh, on. Uh, it's just a good.
1: More crack for me. <laughs> it's a little, <laughs> little fucking memes going on. Yeah. <laughs> Little Dave Chappelle memes going on, but like, yeah. God, more cracks for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope, nope. All right, we got another story. Uh, so, the New York Post. I saw this in another magazine too, another uh, another publication. But uh, they have a similar story. Are you drinking too much during the coronavirus lockdown? Um, they talk about research showing that Americans are turning to alcohol to soothe their nerves while in isolation. So, saying alcohol beverages. Uh, skyrocketed by 50, 55% in the week ending March 21st uh, compared to the same time last year. And liquor sales rose by 75% while wine by 66%. Um, so And and beer was 42%. So they're saying social media is filled with booze. Um, they said there's actually a, a quip about quarantinis, which is actually pretty pretty clever. Um, <laughs> And they're actually, they actually did mention here screenshots, uh, with their zoom happy hours with coworkers. So that's become a thing. Um, yeah, so it's pretty interesting how, you know, you, you can not go out and do that, those activities, but they're doing it online with each other. So, uh, I think that's still considered drinking alone though. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Well, they had a good, uh, you know point of view in this one article they're saying this one girl who's 25 and newly sober came out of rehab during the end of the world Damn. and finds the sudden uptick in drinking triggering and troubling <laughs> so it's glamorized since she lives in a, a sober house in Williamsburg because oh, you know it is kind of yeah I think about like in this other comments like we base our socialization around alcohol and I know like so many of my friends who I don't know if they'd want to hang out with me sober. You know, like every time we're together, we're having a drink. I mean, yeah, I I just I'm almost afraid to find out.
1: So there's that. um, There's that whole thing. in I think it's Korea where they go out and they drink.
0: South Korea. Yeah, they get like part of their business practice to get like shit faced together.
1: Yeah. And if you don't go, it's like a bad thing.
0: called yeah it's like frowned upon like it's supposed to be part of uh, of their business culture
1: yeah and like if you don't go like it's it's like you're expected to like cancel plans that you have that night and go out at the last minute go drinking with your coworkers, and everybody gets shit-faced you're supposed to drink i'm like what if you're freaking recovering like what if you're an alcohol you know recovering alcoholic like what does that mean you gotta like quit your job like really bizarre who's sick that's what it is who's sick Hosik, which is a group of people getting together to eat and drink. Um, most conversations at Hosik may be with your colleagues and supervisors, and focus on the company uh, that you work for. Yeah, I think I saw something on this either on like like sixty Minutes or Vice or something. There was something on this, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So people getting hammered. So, you wonder, like you know now we're we're doing this you know anti socialization virtual socialization with people, and um work from home and all that, and now it's kind of a weird time because you know people don't know what you're doing during the day as long as you're doing your work, you might be sitting there on a conference call with a beer next to you or a, a cocktail or you know something you know alcoholic in your in your cup while you while you're you know sitting there talking to your boss and your boss's bosses at work. And you're sitting there getting a little bit snockered while you're, uh, while you're on a call, you never know. They never know. Yeah. Right. You know, kind of stuff you'd want to do at your work, open a bottle of Jack Daniels, put it on your desk and all right, let's go. Let's <laughs> just have this conversation. Now you can do it when nobody can say a thing about it, you know? Yeah. Right. So, and I'm sure that's one of the only things I'm sure there's, there's a whole lot of sex while working and, and porn and a bunch of crap going on that people don't even know.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, so, man. Yeah. It's crazy times, but yeah, do what yeah. works for you. We're going to be all right.
1: So I don't think I'm drinking more during coronavirus lockdown. I still keep my same, my same pace, my same regimen.
0: That's important. You know, you're sticking to your uh, your standards.
1: Yeah, I don't feel like getting hammered, at, like, in the middle of the day. It's just, it's just weird.
0: Yeah. I hear Especially
1: that. sitting alone at home, drinking alone. Just drinking alone. It's not good.
0: Drinking goddamn alone. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are drinking out there, God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. If you're not drinking, that's great, too. You know, you, you got to find what works for you in these kind of wacky, bizarre times.
1: I support whatever you want to do.
0: We're going to be all right. I believe that. So do what you're doing.
2: Let's go to ski news.
0: And it's how ski communities are rallying to support their own. And we'll we'll get into a little bit later, but you know, Altera and Vale shut everything down on March four, March 15th. And the estimates are that roughly 100,000 seasonal resort employee jobs were affected which that is a crazy amount of people i think they said wasn't it this week like 6 million plus people applied for unemployment in last yeah. year was 3
1: which it's going to be horrific it it's going to keep getting worse and worse it's just
0: it's pretty yeah. pretty brutal so this article talks about you know the folks who specifically this article is about sugar bush uh it starts off with them and it's a, it's about one of the employees and she was been a lifty there for 7 years and they got let go you know a month earlier than they thought and even worse was uh, they went back a few days later to the mountain and you know everyone found out that their gear 13 people's gear had been stolen from a staff locker room. Wow. They took skis, boards, poles, boots with custom insoles, helmets, and clothing. Damn. Yeah. they said police are still investigating the theft. And according to Sugarbush risk manager, insurance will not cover the missing items. But one of the nice things that happened was that a GoFundMe campaign raised $5,000 from 80 donors. <clears throat> Which is Very really cool. cool. So that's, you know, that's that's a helping hand to these folks. Um, in addition, like Jay Leventhal from Jay Skis and Forefront offered to replace the stolen skis. Rosignal helped out with bindings. Anand donated helmets. Burton covered the missing snowboard gear. Yulbo replaced goggles. And Win Smith, Sugarbush former owner and current president, made a generous personal contribution. So you're just seeing folks in the ski industry do what they can. You know, it talks about Killington and, uh, it's president Mike Solomano, who is, you know, helping load groceries into the cars of employees, uh, summit County, Colorado, Keystone and Breckenridge donated more than 8,000 pounds of food to nonprofits in the local community after the closing. Nice. Um, J1 workers from Peru were struggling to find homes in Colorado. Governor Jared Polis ordered, um, you know, when he ordered that shutdown, Keystone found a way to house them safely. So, you know, as much as you hear about the negative stuff going on in the industry, you hear about, well, we'll get into some of the, you know, the (laughs) veil stuff later on. But when you talk to the real people, the people who are, you know, boots on the ground, people who are working at the resorts, people who are live and are their entire life is the ski industry. Those are the people who want to make sure that all these other people, the folks that, you know, the the lifties, the seasonal employees, the people who are, you know, that often get overlooked, that they're taking care of because those are the people once we get through all this and hopefully next season to get back up and running like normal, that everyone's going to need that yeah. are easily, you know, they're not as easily replaced as we all seem to think. You know, people with experience doing these jobs are very important. And if they're missing and problems happen, it's just going to lead to a, a lot of other bigger problems down the road. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think this is something, you know, not to hear about in the in the ski communities which is it's just great to to help but you know you're gonna have to do this and we're gonna need this in everybody's community no matter where you are right i mean it's starting with the ski community it's, it's gonna be everywhere your local i mean your local neighborhood is gonna have people that need a little bit of helping hands so uh i think just everybody should be alert about that and be more aware
0: yeah we have a more information on that too, with our, our main topic, we had a great interview and we'll, we'll get to hear that a little bit, but next up
1: next up. So, uh, it, the, uh, generosity doesn't end there. Uh, so McKellie Schifrin is auctioning off her race gear for charities affected by coronavirus. Uh, her and a bunch of other athletes, they're actually auctioning off race gear to raise money for charities affected by the pandemic. Um, and one of the big ticket items that is uh, that is being auctioned off that actually got uh, a good amount of money was her US ski team jacket, uh, a pair of Oakley goggles, and her World Cup beanies. So there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a link if you want to bid on stuff. Um, and so far, the auction's raised $25,000. Um, and there's also you know top US athletes, Jesse Diggins, Madison Keys, Kate Courtney. Um, that are being auctioned off there as well. So take a look at it. Very cool.
0: I'm trying to see where her jacket is, what it's up to at this point. It's so funny. You look at the, uh, the, they put like value of things. So they have like Jesse Diggins bib and its value is 50 bucks, but the bid is $1,450.
1: Yeah. Because people are trying to get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, value... In and- a
1: Schiffrin's jacket, current bid is wow. $3,800, and the value is $320. Oh my God, that's crazy. Her beanie, $30 beanie,
0: $555. Her goggles are going for over 3000
1: That's pretty cool.
0: And you a couple more days, you got about five more days left if you want to get in on that oh you know it's cool they have a 30 second custom selfie video maybe we should try to get that
1: it's up to a thousand bucks right now that's
0: dude a thousand bucks to us that's right right eh? yeah come on, yeah. Come on. Yeah. think about come the on. now to the very day a thousand bucks but again but look The price is a thousand bucks, but the value, priceless. Priceless.
1: That's what you want to see. How do you put a
0: price on that? That's very cool. Then see, then Michaela knows we exist. She'll start listening to the podcast. She'll become a fan. She'll spread the word to other people. You know, like it just becomes a, a slippery slope of success.
1: I know. We need. We need a a guest a guest spot on our our podcast. We could auction that off.
0: Eh. <laughs> value, priceless,
1: priceless.
0: <laughs> I think we should build that thirty-second video.
1: They're doing her her GS race suit.
0: Yeah, That's that pretty one's cool. pretty big too, right? What's that one up to? Sixteen fifty. Sixteen
1: fifty. Yeah. Whew. Jesse Diggins World Cup race bib, fourteen fifty.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to bid on both the uh, Michaela and Jesse Diggins thirty second custom selfie video. Imagine we had both of them. Imagine oh, we won both be... of them. <laughs> that would be, be pretty funny, awesome. Huh? And you know what? If you do, you know the money. This is going to it's going to these like wonderful causes. So you really, you really do win. By getting this, but it's also a super huge win. Where that money's going to? It's not like it's going in like these athletes' pockets,
1: right? Yeah, it's going for charity. It's going for it's going for the start of the charities that are going to be going on for a while. So we might as well start right now. Yeah, That'd be needed.
0: Yeah, pretty awesome. So, bid away charityauctions.today.com if you want to check it out. Very cool.
1: Yeah. All right, Brian, you got the next one. Ooh, uh, here's a humdinger.
0: The next one is kind of like the the two stories. They're two separate ones, but they're kind of the same.
1: They're connected, yeah. They're
0: definitely connected. How an Austrian ski resort helped coronavirus spread across Europe.
1: What? I couldn't imagine a, a, a place that would do that.
0: God damn Ishkel. <laughs> God damn You just got to shake
1: your head and be like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. I heard Austria, and I heard spread corona, just like, like you know, uh, like freaking um, New Shotzi,
0: Orleans. Shotzi mir ein photo.
1: It's the Australian New Orleans right now.
0: Like. Yeah. <laughs> Shotzi God. Shank mir ein N95 mask. God damn. That's they should be saying. So, yeah, it turns out that Kitzloch, a popular restaurant and bar in the Austrian ski town of Ischgl, was... <laughs> Kind of a ground zero for Apreski in Ishgil, and is now where several, I'm saying hundreds of people across Europe can be tied to that Kitzlach bar in Ishgil. Damn. So I'm trying to remember, did we actually go there? Like, do you remember that place?
1: I don't think we ever went to that one. Uh, it, I almost thought that was Shotzi Bar, but it wasn't. It's uh, no, this is uh, I don't think we went there.
0: I'm because tr- so. I remember. I'm trying to think. There was one place I'm trying to remember the name of, where I had a picture of those guys that were, and they were like, and were like Zupa, like those were like Zupa. the Zupa guys. Like, that was the Shotzi Bar. Was that? I thought that was across the street from Shotzi Bar. Oh,
1: is this Kitslock then? I feel. I like have to look it up on Google Earth. Let's see. I
0: feel like we did go to Kitslock. I feel like that might have been the place because it was on the other side, like that. Because most of the time we stayed on the side of the mountain closer to our hotel, and that was across that weird tunnel thing on the other side of town. That's where I think this bar is. The, uh,
1: uphill motorcycle with race. the motorcycle.
0: Yes, yep. exactly. I think that was over there.
1: Zupa, okay. I'm zooming in now. Um, Shotzi Bar, it's across the street from Shotzi Bar.
0: So, that I I think think we we did go there, dude. I think we did. I I think you might be playing there. (laughs) No, it's Nicky's style. I think that was it, Nick's style,
1: Nicky's style.
0: Stadl, yeah. Nikki's I think that was the place I'm thinking of.
1: We saw Kitzluck, but I don't think we went in there.
0: Okay, yeah, I think it was the place next to it. Nikki's Stadl was the place we did go to. Nikki's
1: Stadl, Yes, it was Nikki's.
0: Okay, that's where yeah. we had the happy hour, and then we went by the Shotzi bar. And... That's it. Okay, so we were next to it. So we didn't actually yeah. go to it.
1: Nikki's Stadl was where we were introduced to um, uh, Mickey Krause.
0: Oh, was it?
1: Yeah, that's where we started hearing it.
0: I think it was the first time we actually heard it and let it register in our brains and just was open to it because at first I think we were like, "What is this queer music that's being played right now?" Exactly. And then by the second or third day, you just start to embrace the bizarreness in of your. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you start humming it, and they start. Yes, I, I see the inside bar. This is exactly where we were, and they had some dude that was semi-famous. It wasn't wasn't him it wasn't mickey krause but i guess it was somebody that knew him or whatever some famous singer or whatever and he was in the bar and it was like oh wow this guy i'm like i don't have any idea who that dude is
0: we're american none of your yeah. celebrities matter to us
1: <laughs> yep that's it we were there yeah, We're mickey at Nicky Show. Show.
0: that's the one okay all right that's cool so we didn't actually go to kitzluck i guess
1: but with the amount of people that are packed into that place from all over europe you know it makes me makes me think again i'm like god damn there's a lot of people that was a hot spot yeah hot spot in more ways than one
0: yeah so saying ishgill and its neighboring villages draw around five hundred thousand visitors each winter with high profile celebrities and politicians such as paris hilton naomi campbell and bill clinton among them in previous years <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: hey paris you want to go to hey I, i'm not- going to ish-gill now
0: Don't worry, sweetheart. I got the cure for the coronavirus right in my pants. (laughs) You want to come get the cure? It's
1: an injector. You got to inject yourself with it. I can help you.
0: It's just a quick little serum. You're going to love it. I've been trained. (laughs) Ain't going to hurt nobody. Damn. Damn. Yeah, so... Kitzloch, they that was like pretty much ground zero for uh for Europe. And I wonder how much that played into the um Italy, northern Italy. having <laughs> we, we it got there so quickly.
1: We gotta do a docu-series proving how that is the start of it all. Yeah. One dude came from one and then went there and that was it. It was all over the place from there. Yeah. Um including the person that must have gone to Idaho. Uh-huh. <laughs> right from Ishkill uh because that's the other place. Uh there's a ski vacation hotspot known as Sun Valley, Idaho.
0: May have uh, heard of it. Which is
1: which may which is part of it. So um yeah. So I think they're saying so Yeah, they're saying Sun Valley. So they're saying it has one of the highest per capita rates of confirmed coronavirus infections in America. it's not really that big of a town. Uh, Numbers from John Hopkins Friday uh, showed that there were more than 80 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Blaine County, which has the highest rate of cases outside New York City and surrounding counties. So they're saying it's it's far far smaller than in New York City, uh, but it's still dire for residents because it's a small town. So they roughly have 23... um, you know, it's a rural county of roughly twenty-two thousand people, um, and at least two people died. So, yeah, it's kind of if you look at the the percentage, the percentages, uh, and this is another place that draws skiers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the world. Now, they're 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 citing uh, vacation regulars, including which must have been a long time ago, Ernest Hemingway, uh, Bruce Willis, Demi Moore, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, which we know they had Corona.
0: What kind uh, of stupid fucking list is it We are including Ernest Hemingway in it? <laughs> Jesus, you couldn't find anybody else? <laughs> is Something that whatever. a rapper? Like <laughs> a new Ernest Hemingway? Like- <laughs> it's not... Like, Ernest fucking How Hemingway? How fuck old is that? Yeah. <laughs> include- Genghis Khan ever fucking roll in the Sun Valley?
1: Included celebrities like Genghis Khan, <laughs> Julius Caesar. He died in fucking oh, yeah. 1961. You couldn't update a goddamn person like that? So, I, think- I guess... Ernest Hemingway, Bruce Wilson, Demi Moore were around the same time as you know, they, they, they all existed around the same time, right?
0: Yes, we r- rumors have it that Cleopatra once vacationed there in Sun Valley as well, <laughs> considered having a pyramid built there.
1: Oh, that's hilarious! Like, no, but it's funny, Jesus they Christ. have this But they have this list during skiers, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, they tested positive and they're in Aust- Australia, so it's like,
0: all didn't right, they just get released.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying maybe they hit Sun Thank Valley God. and then they went to Australia, right? Like, really?
0: Patient zero.
1: Crazy stuff, man. Makes you wonder where it all started and where where it all got contracted. You know, you you don't realize how close and how much we interact with each other until something like this happens. Like, we breathe on each other all the time.
0: Dude, uh, you know, I, I work in New York City sometimes and you just go on the subway. Dude, you got people's mouths and armpits and
1: you might as well just kiss everybody on the subway. And,
0: yeah, pretty much get
1: on there. But like, Hey, can I kiss you? Cause we're all sharing the same
0: breath. Right holding now. onto that subway pole. Like it's just, it's disgusting. Another, uh, casualty of, you know, this whole COVID-19 coronavirus is Tuckerman's ravine up in New Hampshire, where on Saturday over 400 people came there 50% from out of state damn so this happened on saturday and they officially shut it down on
1: like sunday, sunday. right
0: sunday and then they said saturday night <laughs> pretty like, much
1: it was, it was saturday as these motherfuckers are climbing at the mat like nope we're out
0: yeah. They pretty much shut the whole thing down now. And Damn. it's, you know, it's a popular backcountry destination. They said, you know, most people weren't following the guidelines. They weren't keeping, you know, social distance. They, they were doing party a lot party. of things wrong. Yeah. They wanted to party and
1: yeah. we're all hanging out this is first time I have seen other people. Hey, how's it going? Everybody want to hook up, you know?
0: Yeah, so they pretty much said, like, no, no, this this is not gonna happen. We're just shutting the whole thing down. So our buddy Frank was trying to go up there this this weekend and he was trying to see if putting the bait out there, the feelers, to see if we wanted to join him. But I don't know.
1: We've been thinking about it every year. Every year we say maybe, and this year we're like, Yeah, no. <laughs> and then
0: Yeah, they're yeah. gonna well they announced they're gonna stop all the avalanche forecasting. No one's gonna be allowed up there. They're just they're just shutting it down. And again, we you know we we hear more about this in our our main topic in our interview, but the amount of burden that people are putting on the emergency medical service community by doing stuff like this is really a problem. So,
1: yeah, when you think about it, like if you sit and think about it, most people I think are you know that go skiing and boarding have enough sense about them. If you really thought about it, it's probably a bad idea to go. At this yeah. time.
0: So, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right. So, I'll get the first part of this and then you can <laughs> whammy with the second part because this is kind of a two parter. So, yep. there was a disgruntled vale Resort employee who placed a sign in front of the Beaver Creek webcam. So, the sign said 10 days to vacate employee housing hashtag profits over people. Um, and he was pretty pissed off about it. Um, And what else did he put there? He was angry. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, profits over people. Rob, Cat, Rob Katz must go. Um, and there's a clear protest to a memo sent out to Vail Resort employees that they had 10 days to vacate employee housing following the closure of all the ski resorts due to COVID-19. Um, it was suggested that employees return home and not remain in Vail. Uh, so I understand it, but I guess they, you know, just the way they did it and the 10 day deadline caused a lot of anger in the community. Um, and it, it kind of, uh, they said the company since tried to backpedal. And I just think this just smells of just people that are in positions trying to either do HR or community outreach and don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, Hey, you know what, this is kind of the backlash you get, Right.
0: Yeah. It's been a real mess. And and it's like the third time I've said it, but we talk more about it in our our main topic. But yesterday, which again, it was a little weird recording this on April the 2nd, April 1st, April Fool's Day, Vail decided to put out their, their big corporate memo, the letter from the CEO to the employees. And it It wasn't
1: an April Fool's joke, right? As
0: far as we know, kind of, kind of, Terrible timing, though, to put that out. And you know kind of talks about what's been going on and how much money they've lost. They said that um, North American operations, the company has lost between 180 and 200 million. Well, that's what they're projecting through the end of April. They're just talking about what they had to do. So they're furloughing nearly all of their U.S. year-round hourly employees as of April 4th for the next one to two months. Uh, But they are giving them full health care. They are implementing a six month salary reduction for all U.S. salaried employees that starts at 5%, those up to grade 27 and a half, uh, whatever that means. And then the CEO is giving up 100% of his salary during the next six months. Adorable. Hmm. They're eliminating 100% of the cash compensation for members of their board of directors for six months. What are they going to do? How are they going to buy yachts in the fall? This is bullshit.
1: dude. you know uh, how much insurance is on a Ferrari? This is bullshit, man.
0: Seriously. Right.
1: Yeah. You can't get, you can't get full coverage <laughs> on a Ferrari for that. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. We're all hurting here.
0: Yep. They're suspending the company's 401k match for the next six months. And here's one that's going to affect everybody in a Vail that's a Vail resort skier. They are reducing their capital expenditures by 80 to 85 million with the intention to defer all new chairlifts, terrain expansions, and other mountain improvements while protecting the vast majority of our maintenance capital spending. Damn. They're also eliminating their June and September dividends to shareholders, saving the company more than $140 million.
1: Let's see what they, how they did on the stock market yesterday after the announcement.
0: Dude, this is, this is really, you know, it kind of, it shows a couple things. It shows just how many things have to be working perfectly for everyone, for like all the ski industry, for Wall Street, for everything to be, for everyone to be happy. There has to be this very delicate balance and it just shows what one thing can do can to disrupt an entire industry. Oh yeah. An entire economy. The entire world.
1: So you look at like you look at the ticker for six months mm-hmm. and it's like it's going, it's bopping up, you know, between like two twenty-four and all the way peaking up to like maybe two fifty, 250, two fifty-four, right? And all of a sudden they announced the closure of their skier is it fucking plummeted down to one forty five, And then it's been heartbeat ticking. All the way and then let's see, March twenty-seven, March 30th, 31st, April first, and then boop, right off a shelf. One thirty nine. Way to go. What to run that stock in the shitter.
0: Well, to be to be, you know, to give them not not that that blame. I mean, most a lot of stocks have just taken a absolute, you know, death plunge since March. Right.
1: It's just the things you do that hit the media. So, you know, disgruntled employees hitting the, uh, the news. That's something that the corporate guard should have handled better mm-hmm. because it's bad for business. Um, yeah. And then just that letter, just, the letter was just worded kind of shitty, just the way they did it. Just not, mm-hmm. no sympathy, just here's what we're doing. Fuck you guys.
0: The CEO said he is gonna not take a salary for six months. And you go, Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's a, uh, a generous move. He also donated two and a half million to help coronavirus impacted workers. Two and a half million dollars. He just able to shell out. That's like us giving, you know, a homeless guy, 20 bucks. Like you got to think like how much money this guy must have where he goes, yeah, fuck my salary. I got plenty.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, and we're not getting dividends. And, you know, the people pulling stock out because of that, like, it's just, you wonder like, so when you talk about fiduciary responsibility, right? Like I think the way you handle stuff usually isn't, isn't played in there. They look at like, you know, moves you make for the company. You didn't do it in the company's interest, but I think the way you handle public media should be classified under that too. And the shareholders and the board of directors, should look at that and say, look, you guys fucked up putting this message out in a good way to people. I think that's part of your responsibility to keep our company going and going strong and and people liking our brand. Because how's that going to resonate with workers and people um, for your brand next year
0: or and you know, people, a few years from now? People already in the ski industry hated Vail. And now yeah. this, is, this is not going to help them at all you know the only thing the best thing that could happen with this is if Vail has to start selling off properties that's the could be the best case scenario for the whole ski industry is that they have to start breaking up the duopoly just not not like having government come in and break it up because that never works just having it naturally go dude if we want to stay afloat we got to start shedding some some of these properties and then these resorts get back into private hands or into co-ops. And that's when you're going to get those, those great ski focused mountains and not these mega ridiculous resorts with all the other nonsense bullshit that, you know, we've been kind of complaining about the last, you know, ever since this podcast started.
2: Dude, we hit,
1: we hit Powerball this weekend. I think we're, we're in for taking some of that from Vale,
0: taking
1: yeah, some choice properties.
0: What's the first resort we're gonna try to pick up from them?
1: Definitely won't be Veiled. I don't think about Stowe. Maybe not Stowe. Uh, I think I'm thinking something small to midsize, something nice but not lavish. Maybe Whistler, but I don't think we can get it for you know 100 million. That's uh, a-, a huge price tag, right? Where'd that go for last time? Like
0: over a billion.
1: Yeah. So th- uh, there's no way. unless we're gonna break that up and buy like. A lodge there. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, uh, Vale Resorts um, list. Stowe's
1: pretty of... expensive, right?
0: So yeah, I mean, would you really want to buy Stowe? No. So Ever... we're looking at the list. So we got Beaver Creek. Rick.
1: Vermont kind of hates it right now because
0: the Yeah. All right, so we got Vale, Beaver Creek, Whistler. Breckenridge, Keystone, Heavenly, Park City, North Star, Kirkwood. I didn't realize they owned Kirkwood. Huh.
1: Maybe Kirkwood would be the one to buy.
0: Kirkwood would be a fun one. Uh, they own Stevens Pass also. And then in the Northeast, they got Stowe, Okimo, Mount Snow, Hunter, Attach, Wildcat, Mount Sunapee, Crotched, Liberty, Round Top, Whitetail, Jack Frost, Big Boulder, uh, why, a you, in the,
1: why do we just buy something like a basin they own that right
0: well no a basin Remember, they kind of like bolted their i think they're independently owned but they were part of the epic pass ah okay see something like a kirkwood or um even like a wildcat in new hampshire like that mm-hmm. could be a fun one keystone a keystone could be cool i mean breckenridge might be a little bit a little spendy But yeah, yeah, something a little, something a little smaller, but gnarly. Like Kirkwood could be the spot, because then you're in Tahoe. What's that?
1: Outright. Oh fuck that. Stevens Pass.
0: Stevens Pass could be cool, but then who knows what's going to happen to Seattle with the coronavirus? They may just take everybody out there. Yeah, that's that's. You want to be a little more away from things. Like Kirkwood's kind of like it's. It's about an hour south of Heavenly. So you're a little bit further away from all like the the hustle and bustle of like the regular South Tahoe scene.
1: I know we know the area pretty well, Mount Snow.
0: That should be, yes, that's a possibility too. Pick that up.
1: I don't know if that that could come under 100 million. We'll, We'll have to see. Yeah. Stress sale, we'll take it off their hands for a cool, you know, 60 million.
0: Yeah. I think something a little gnarlier would be the way to go like i wrote things on like a wildcat kirkwood one of those would be one of the east maybe to one east one west uh, t-
1: and you mad know what, what we'll ju- you do, Ohio.
0: <laughs> i don't know how mad that river is there uh Okemo. i had a lot of, hey man i had a lot of fun at okimo there a few weeks ago that was, Akimo, it was, it was, was a real fun. good time it's just uh yeah again we had a we had great weather we had a lot of fun
1: how I about think we split up Canyons from Park City and by the canyons.
0: Ah, oh, break it up again.
1: That would be nuts.
0: Mm, that's not a bad like, move.
1: Break it off as like the pirate, like breaking off from like the establishment.
0: Yeah, and like take the, uh, what is it, the Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton, and like just like that's part turn it into a hostel. Right like just <laughs> make it like right. gnarly and fun and not so like high-end and frou-frou.
1: Dude, plant fucking trees as big as evergreens that are just completely made of weed, some weed evergreen hybrid.
0: <laughs> just fucking, <laughs> it's like oh, it's weed's illegal in Utah. Guess what? We're our own sovereign state now. We'll do whatever the fuck we want here. We only take Wait. Bitcoin. We're growing weed. we grow, We've got breweries <laughs> everywhere.
1: That's it. Freaking yeah. just. We just. It's like Victoria. We just become our own. Our own government
0: i wonder if it's easier to become a sovereign nation out with all this coronavirus stuff going on
1: hey it's utah you could claim some shit that you saw some tablets and they said you should be your own nation <laughs> and you can probably get a whole bunch of people to vote for it over there
0: i think i think we're onto something here
1: <laughs> believe so
0: we'll just like uh we'll cut the cables on that gondola that goes from park city
1: ah uh, that's it that'll be the first thing that's when we really that's,
0: that's the first move you gotta cut that, that sends cable. a message you got to cut that cord, son.
1: Cut that cord. sends a message. You got to come by horseback. That's it.
0: Just build a wall there. Like we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll We'll, build annex, the wall. we'll annex the canyons.
1: Build the wall. We'll stop cars coming in. Sorry. You can't come in. You're from, <laughs> you're from Jersey. You're out. <laughs> I, think
0: that's uh, that's, right I think that's the move right there. That's the move.
1: Invite only. It's invite only. You show up. We'll, 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 we'll decide if you're invited or not.
0: Yeah that's not a bad move so all you got to do is have those uh those proper six numbers for powerball and then we're golden damn so that's that's have your... switch
1: urban ski week from gatlinburg to the canyons perfect i'd shuttle people up in a, a baller-ass snowcat <laughs> snowcat <laughs> bus
0: <laughs> or perhaps you could have your you could build your own tunnel with a railway car underneath As we're we'll actually talk about. there
1: is a there's a limousine, I believe, that we can have shuttle
0: people. Oh, perhaps there is, and we'll that get to that awesome. in a little bit. But first, we're going to roll into the main topic. So we had a very a great interview um, with our new friend Brian Finch, who is a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach, currently in the Killington, Pico area up in Vermont. We've been going back and forth with him on Twitter, kind of chatting about some stuff, and you know he's been pretty vocal and happy with the way he as an icon pass holder had been treated and had all icon pass holders have been treated since this whole shutdown. We were just looking at Altera's website, you know, the, the folks who uh, put out the icon pass and they have not had any sort of press release since March 14th. So they're really keeping people in the dark, really not a great way to, to run their business and, besides that, giving us some great tips for staying healthy, why you shouldn't go in the backcountry right now. And just seeing what it's like to talk to someone who's got a real, who's really hurting with this shutdown because it's his business. He depends on being on the mountain for doing his, his training and his rehabilitation. You know, we're all kind of upset that we can't ski because we love it. This, You know, he has a business that he runs that depends on him being on the mountain with his, um, his clients. So definitely a different point of view. It was a great interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here is our new friend, Brian Finch. This week, again, we have another very special guest. And one thing that this whole COVID-19 has done, it's it's brought together different communities in kind of unique and unusual ways. And the ski community is definitely one of those examples. I know, uh, you know, our, our followers on Twitter, Instagram had a lot more communication, a lot less fun photos and experiences, but a lot more conversations, which has been kind of been fun and interesting. A lot of us who don't get to ski and snowboard because of the situation are all pissed off because, you know, we're not getting what we want. We love skiing. We love snowboarding. We want to be out there. But it's really easy to forget the folks whose lives and jobs depend on the snow sports industry and who are really, truly suffering. And one of those, we have our special guest, Brian Finch today, who is one of those people in that position who relies on the mountains being open for his, his business. So Brian, why don't you give us a description of what you do and where you are located?
2: Sure. I am, uh, I'm located right down the road from Killington and Pico. Um, uh, I am a strength conditioning coach and I'm a physical therapist. So I, I kind of wear two hats, let's say. Um, I, I work with a lot of individuals who may get hurt on the mountain or who may, um, You know, make the mountain their pastime and want to be out there. They want to be skiing. They want to be healthy. They want to skin up the mountain. Um, Life gets in the way sometimes. They get injured and they come to me and and I rehabilitate them. And uh, I also have a fairly decent sized group of people who come here for what we term destination rehab. So, um, you know, sometimes someone will have a surgery and they'll be on the tail end of their recovery. They want to come up, they want to learn how to ski again. Uh, I'll do some work with them in the clinic and then I'll actually take them out on the snow and, and ski around with them a little bit and, um, you know, give them mobility, strength training, um, you know, conditioning guidance so that when they're ready to, to be on their own, they're going to do it safely as well. So,
0: so because of that, you've been directly affected by this. Um, when did it all start, like, date-wise? Was there um, was it before the actual shutdown notices that you were having some business uh, effects, or was it kind of after that notice?
2: We, we were, you know, even though the weather hasn't been fantastic, we were having an absolutely booming season. I mean, people were, um, you know, coming to the mountains, they were having a great time. Um, just to kind of give you a perspective, you know, I've heard from some of the guys who work at the local bars that, you know, they were pulling in, you know, $40,000 worth of beer sales this year at like one Whoa. day, you wow. know, <laughs> at, like a, at like a, at like an on Hill, you know, ski mountain bar. Right. You know, so, so that's where the, that's where the economy was a couple weeks ago.
0: Those $12 Um, sip of sunshines, you know, they help bring in a lot of money at the Killington.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, so, I mean, like the the economy was booming. Um, I've shared some pictures on social media where, you know uh, we went to uh, primarily we're skiing out of Stratton now. um, uh, And, you know, we would go to Stratton and there'd just be like bags piled up, you know, it looked like little goat paths trying to get through the lodge because um, you know, people would just, they were coming to the mountain, they were having a great time. Um, and you know, business was good. You know, we were, we were jamming and things were, things were good. I had a number of clients that, um, were making good recoveries in terms of, you know, working out in the clinic. And then, you know, I had a steady, uh, amount of people who were making trips up here to work with me, um, uh, you know, on the Hill, you know, as well. So we'd come out, we'd do some stuff. Um, and then I also had some trips planned to, uh, Canada as well to, um, to work with some individuals up there. So.
1: Okay. Wow. So, when you say destination, so you are relying, you're relying on people come to Killington area, Rutland area to work with you and actually do work on the mountain and and while they're kind of vacationing to a degree, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, in the fall, we had a, a number of people that came up and, you know, it's, it's not just, um, coming to me, see me for rehabilitation. I mean, these people are booking condos, they're buying food, they're going out and, you know, they're sampling the nightlife. They're, they're doing everything. Right? right. So when they're, when they're coming up, um, the trickle down is, is that, you know, the, the bartenders are getting tipped. Well, the barbacks have jobs, the bouncers have jobs. Um, I've got one client who, um, God, he's, he's, uh, so ingenious he, when he gets off his shift as a, we won't, we won't out him, but you know, basically this guy was running like an Uber service up at the mountain and nice. you know he's making, he's making $300 a night for an hour's worth of work, shuttling drunk people home. Okay. Wow. Like, wow. you know, <laughs> not a bad living right there.
0: That's almost as genius as the pickle barrel, $20 pizza.
2: Well, you know, so so, <laughs> so you know, convenience. So you know that you know, area, right? The carrier, right? I yeah. Mean, he's got a big old car. He's yeah. driving around picking people up. He's he's providing a service, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it, it it trickles all the way down to the guys that are tuning skis, and um, you know, helping people get on the chair and parking cars, and you know, I mean, there's a there's a tremendous amount of you know overflow from just people coming up here. So, yeah. Wow.
0: So. Yeah. So now everything, it's just like a light switch, like everything just kind of shut down completely. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, what we're seeing it's, you know, every day we're seeing something new, but you know, the light switch about 10 days ago, shut down. It got really weird the weekend it shut down because the rollout communication wasn't very good. And so literally like we were skiing at the mountain and if you can imagine this, like, you know, the family packs in the car, we all go skiing. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden at 10 o'clock they say, well, you know, the four of you that drove here together now have to ride the chairlift separately. And that was the beginning. Mm. So they said, you know, the governor's told us we can only load every other chair with people because we're going to socially distance you. And everybody was kind of like, huh, that doesn't make any sense. But they started cutting the chairlift capacity in half, essentially. Um, Um,
0: Wow. And was that the weekend of the 15th?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So So what they did is instead instead of being on the chairlift with the four people you drove to the mountain with, now you're standing with 200 people in line. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Genius. So you guys just made it uh, worse. Right. And, and it got, um, it, it, just, it proceeded to like roll downhill from there because, um, what ended up happening was that Saturday we just, you know, we got notified by email that night at like 11 o'clock at night. Like, Hey, we're not opening. And, um, you know, one of the things that I did was I, I grabbed all my old Alpine touring equipment and, um, Uh, you know, drove it to the mountain and ended up giving it away to a bunch of buddies who didn't have old AT skis. So, you know, these guys went to shops and half the shops were already closed so they couldn't get the stuff remounted. And, you know, literally the economy just kind of shut down overnight and, um, and we're kind of, you know, we're just sort of, it's almost like a ghost town up here now. So I can imagine. Are there
1: any cases up there or a lot of cases, like what's the word around Rutland, Killington, Pico area? Uh, I so, know you don't have the visitors coming in bulk anymore, but is it still pretty relatively quiet?
2: Well, we're going to we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So what I'm looking at, because I'm a medical provider in the state of Vermont, I've got the, the they're sending us updates every day. So right now in Vermont, there's 36 confirmed cases. Uh, um, the average age of the confirmed case is 72 and a half years old. Uh, about half of them are male. Um, Most of them have some comorbidities uh, and have some other things that they're fighting as well. Um, And I want to believe, I want to say that we've had 13 deaths so far. So uh, incredibly tragic and something that you're not, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg on this right now.
0: Wow. Well. I guess what's tricky too, though, is right now they're, when they're confirmed or they're saying coronavirus, COVID 19 deaths, we're not yeah. quite sure what's causing it, right? Because it seems like most folks have some sort of additional medical condition, whether it's been diagnosed or non diagnosed, that's been uh, a, either a trigger or part of what's causing the, uh, the death.
2: Yeah. I mean, most of the individuals have some sort of pulmonary uh, you know, issue as well. There's also a testing bias. Because you know, if you're the average person on the street, they're not going to test you right now, um, right? Because you know they have limited test capacity, and most of those people who are being tested are in the hospitals.
0: Yeah, because I know I, uh, when yeah. I last time I was in Vermont, it was the uh, the weekend before the shutdown. So I was up at Oak Magic and Okemo the weekend of six through the eighth, and I actually came okay. home and got the flu two days later. And I uh, I went in for, you know, to the doctor and actually, I felt so lousy. I actually went in for, um, uh, they gave me the flu test and I did test positive for flu A and I got put on Tamiflu okay. and it went through my system in like three days and I was back to normal. Um, so me, luckily I'm, okay. I'm young, I'm healthy. I didn't have any other respiratory issues, nothing asthma, nothing pulmonary. So now I was not tested for the coronavirus because again, it was still a little bit early then but I did test positive for the flu. Um, which again, is that's still floating around as well. So, I mean, and again, that was back in like the first into the second week of March when things were very different. What have you, how have you seen the, um, the evolution in this disease kind of people's seriousness, the way they were taking it. Cause at first, you know, a lot of us, me included was like, eh, it's like the flu. It's no big deal. We'll all get through it. And then you kind of start seeing all these cases pop up. Um, and how it's yeah. been affecting the community.
2: Um, uh, you know, I think uh it's it's kind of divided the community because you still have um you still have a lot of people that want to go out and they wanna they want to be skiing, they want to be doing, you know, mountain biking now, and um and and they're not really taking this very seriously. So you still see a lot of people um sort of adults behaving poorly, if you will, because the mountains finally had to shut everything down because, you know, if somebody gets hurt right now, um, the hospitals don't really have capacity to handle that. And mm. um, even if you were to you know, require like a rescue situation, you know, you're putting probably a couple dozen rescuers at risk. And you're also burning through protective gear at the same time. Right. Because. Nobody wants to come and and you know transport you to the hospital unless they're wearing a face mask and gloves and and they know that they're going to be safe. So um, the other thing that's happening is is that the hospitals have sort of uh, to decrease foot traffic. They've closed a lot of their uh, non-essential offerings right now. So um, you know they're kind of running a skeleton crew to help uh, you know prevent the spread, so to speak.
0: Wow, that's something that it's so easy to lose sight of. Because I know we have, you know, one of the stories I'm sure you saw in the last couple of days is that Tuckerman's shut down completely because I guess it was, what was it, Saturday? They had 400 plus visitors up there. And that's a great point you make that, yeah, hospitals don't have the staff. The emergency staff is not going to be there to come save you if you do have a medical condition or have an injury or uh, an accident there. And that's something that's so easy for us to forget about or lose sight of or not think about at all. We just think about us going out there and, you know, making our turns.
1: Well, like you mentioned, it's not a one for one either, right? Like you're, it's not just one person you're taking out of helping people at a hospital. You're, You're getting multiple people to help one person potentially that got hurt on a mountain or got hurt doing something that they probably shouldn't have been doing at this time. And you're putting not just them in jeopardy, but you're also taking that capacity away from the hospitals that's serving a lot more people than the one idiot that's on the mountain right now.
2: Right. And, you know, now, uh, you know, the hospitals are trying to coordinate with the nursing homes and they're trying to coordinate with uh, EMS services. And so if there's a choice between getting the idiot off the mountain or, you know, maybe getting grandma to the hospital, you know, that's a that's a real issue right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm down in
1: Florida and people are still out biking and stuff. They they finally closed the beaches down and thank God they did because people were just coming down to party from other places, not even Florida. And, you know, the attitude was, oh, you know, I'm going to party and nobody's going to stop me. But what people didn't realize is, okay, it's fine if you get sick and you want to take that ownership of doing that. But how many other people are you going to get sick that might not be as healthy as you?
0: So I'm glad you made that point. Cause that was one of the things that we had in our uh, original things to chat about was why you should stay out of the backcountry. And again, it's so easy to go, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I'll be fine. But that's, that's the, the magical, beautiful, terrifying thing about skiing is you may have all the confidence in the world. You know what you're doing and a circumstance comes up that puts you in a precarious situation. And maybe this time you won't get out of it. And if there's no one to help you, you could be, it could be fatal. Your injury. But I'm sure some people right. won't listen. Right. They'll still and, do what they're going to do.
1: <laughs>
0: but we can only no, to, and- to educate people and to at least bring up this kind of topic as to why you shouldn't. This is I think this is great information. So Brian, you were saying that um so you are an Icon pass holder, correct?
2: Yes, that's correct. Yep.
0: And I guess whatever measures that uh, Altera took or didn't take seems to have a uh, left a bad taste in your mouth regarding cancellation of the season. Do you want to, uh, you want to go into detail a bit or like what's been your experience so far?
2: Well, I mean, uh, you know, I think the, I'll go back a little bit to, uh, November and, um, you know, one of my first kind of problems dealing with them this year was, uh, we have an employee, um, uh, my wife and I have some kids and we have a nanny that we decided we were going to buy a icon pass for. And, it took no less than two weeks and about 10 phone calls to actually purchase her a pass. (laughs) Jeez. And, and what occurred to us was that, um, you know, just in a, in a business model where you're not face to face with your customers, there was no impetus for anyone to get back to you on anything. And, you know, what's, sort of happened since the mountains has closed is that, you know, uh, you know, even Killington, we're also Killington season pass holders and we belong to the Pico club, uh, as well as, as, you know, being skiers there. And, um, uh, you know, they've all had really good communication, you know, um, they've all said, Hey, here's what we're doing. Even this week, uh, JP came out and said, we're going to give everybody, you know, th- this is what we're going to, how we're going to help people move forward. And, when you call Icon, there's just this sort of like customer service rep who says, yeah, you'll find out later. And, you know, being somebody who works in the mountains and who has their livelihood tied to it, you know, that's not the message we want to hear right now. We want to hear that, you know, we're bringing people back to the mountains. We want to hear that you've got a plan. Um, you know, we want to hear that there's, there's support for, um, you know, the re- industry, quite frankly, recovering at this point.
0: Yeah. And it's, it just seems like right now it's, it's so early, but to, to kind of shut off and just say, we're closing down and then say nothing afterwards, you know, as bad as it was, at least Vail had that, they put that uh, message out yesterday and, you know, it, it was ugly. That's for sure. But at least they're kind of communicating right. something at this point
1: yeah people you know, just want to hear something yeah. To, yeah. to know that they're thinking about them
0: you, I mean, know. You, go, you go to altera's website right now their last communication was march 14th wow it says altera mountain right. company closure yeah. announcement that's it so that's over two weeks now of leaving right. people in the dark like that's That's going to leave a really bad taste in people's mouths because, but, but we talked about it last week too, about the the issue with our our friend Nick and his uh, Epic Pass. I mean, if, unfortunately, if you live or uh, you, Brian, work at a mountain that has been purchased by one of the big two, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're kind of stuck, unfortunately. (laughs)
2: Well, and, and so what we saw, at least down at Stratton, was, you know, the um the race coaches were actually skinning up the hill um on their own time from uh the Stratton Mountain School to take down some of the gates and take down the bee the netting. Um because no one had given them any direction. So these guys got themselves together, organized a posse and went up the hill and cleaned up the, the mountain, you know, basically to because there was there was no direction from Altera. Wow. You know, and I don't know if you guys picked it up when I I shot it out. But, um, we had gone down uh, to Stratton to kind of check in and see what what was going on. And um, literally, they they kind of like closed down the bar, but they left all the alcohol, like just sitting in the lodge. And oh, it was almost like the shiny because because there was nobody there. But, oh, wow. um, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they literally, literally, they just abandoned a lot of these people. And so it's, it's, you know, where I kind of got a little, te- um, the icon was, hey, what do I do about this? Cause you know, I've got plans to go to Canada. Um, they told me, why don't you get a plane and go to the Southern hemisphere? We think they will be.
0: That was actually their response to you. Wow. That's, uh. That's pretty ballsy.
2: Yeah, it, it just shows that you know. I mean, if if I made a comment like that to one of my customers, you know, uh, I would be out of business instantly. They would be like, "I'm never gonna see you again." Thanks a
1: lot, right? Right. Oof.
0: So that's yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. So they haven't offered any sort of compensation or or any even for next year's pass, anything at this point?
2: Not that, not that I've seen. And I mean, again, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate to live up here and and I get to experience the mountains on a regular basis, but you know, this is more about, um, in my mind, it's more about, you know, encouraging the skiers at large, you know, being, you know, proactive with your employees, um, you know, making sure that that people want to come back to, to the product that they have. Mm.
0: yeah this is this experience could definitely have a bad taste in people's mouths and you know, like we've just been talking about just no communication leaving people in the dark not not kind of in a moment where people should really step up and prove their leadership there seem to be failing at this point
2: well and, and and that's where you know at least you know give credit to um to uh who came out a couple days ago and at least put that statement out and said hey here's what we're doing and and we sort of have a plan and um you know i mean i think you know i would really love to see altera do the same thing and and sort of step up and acknowledge there's there's a lot of people in the mountains now that are are working those service level entry-level jobs that are hurting because you know they just got their livelihood taken out
0: yeah, and those are the people who are gonna, you know, suffer the most. And that's, you know, the folks who are there vacationing or weekend warriors. They're the ones that are gonna notice that too. They're like, hey, where's, you know, why isn't this service available? And why isn't this service available? It's like, well, because this person who was doing it is not getting paid. They're not supporting him, and now they they are SOL and had to find another job.
1: Well, I really think you know, with those passes, it's, yeah. it's going to come out to next year. People are going to see. They're going to see like who who really selects the pass versus looking at getting a season pass to your local mountain, right?
2: Well, and you know, unfortunately, now they sort of have the two empires, and you either buy their pass or you don't, and um, you know, that's not really <laughs> that's not really endearing anyone to the sport, I don't think.
0: It's not or, really a choice; it's kind of a almost like a forced forced bending of the knee to one or the other.
1: Well, then you start looking at the independence, right? Like a Magic Mountain or something like that, where if you're in the area versus going in with one of the big passes, well, maybe you do something local.
0: It's an option. And I think the Indie Pass actually announced that a few weeks ago that they were going if, to... If you had purchased the Indie Pass, which granted is a lot less expensive than an Epic or an Icon, if you hadn't used it, they were giving you a 100% refund on it and if you had used it even one or two days they were giving you a certain chunk i forget the number uh at least 100 and i think maybe 100 or 175 back from the pass which i thought was a was a really a really bold and like a customer friendly gesture but again that's the indie pass well they, they don't have they don't have stockholders they have to uh you know, aren't responsible to like Vale does. And I know Altera being private, but they still have, you know, uh, private stockholders that are, you know, expecting some sort of return on their investment.
2: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that's, uh, you know, again, you know, this is, um, you know, I'm in a fortunate position where, you know, I think, you know, we'll be fine and, and we'll be able to weather this, but I think, you know, we're missing the point folks that are working for TIF or, you know, they're depending on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: those, and those are the people who are going to suffer and who may go, you know what? I'm not dealing with this next season. I'm going to go just get a full-time job somewhere else. And now you're going to have to, f- right. you know, right. fill those positions next season. Hopefully, you're not going to everything's back to normal for next season. You need to get some people with some experience to come in there and those people might not exist. So it's going to be, it could be tricky.
2: And, and you know, and I, you know, here I think the um, restructure was already taxed, you know, taxed with, um, you know, the Icon Pass, and uh, you know, I think they're running a little thin on employees to begin with. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it how it goes down for next year.
0: Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of hold tight and, and see how things go down. But uh, one thing you also mentioned too in in our uh, our our text chats is that you know you were mentioning how important it is now for skiers and snowboarders to make sure that they start working out, staying in shape now, because it's, it could be super easy to be quarantined and sit home and do nothing and, and, you know, get out of shape, which makes it harder to get back into shape. So do you have any, any recommendations or things that you, uh, you can tips you can give us for making sure we, we get ready for next season?
2: Well, you know, what I would say is, first of all, skiing's like the, it's the worst sport to ever train any athlete in because you get to do absolutely nothing for nine months and then you get the brand new shiny gear and go bumming down. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Unless you go to South America, um, so of course. Just What's that?
0: Unless you go to South America.
2: Unless you unless you just hop a plate <laughs> plane and go to South America. So, you know, um I so I work with a, a wide variety of clients and um you know uh it, it's always interesting because um my wife and I have both been on the uh Masters National um Alpine ski team. Uh my wife continues to compete quite a bit. Uh, I work with a number of folks, a uh, number of kids who are, you know, racing the carnival circuit or the fifth circuit up here, and you know what the average Joe skier doesn't understand is, is that, you know, those guys, uh, most of them have, have their own, you know, uh, tuning tech that helps them out with that, and you know, and when you really look at the high-level skiers, they're taking. You know, six to eight runs a day, and then they go and they do some recovery or they go to the spa or they they're, they do some other aerobic activity, okay? Your average, you know, mom and dad skier, you know, you drive six hours, you know, white-knuckled holding the wheel, you... Try and get your kids into bed. You rip them out of bed in the in the morning. Um, try and get them fed. You lug way more gear than you ever need to, and then after you pay one hundred and ninety nine dollars for a lift ticket, you want to take twenty six runs in one day, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, <Mailed>
1: <laughs> and, and not and and they're not and, as skilled uh, athletes, right? <laughs> in the not first not
0: trained, week. not warmed up, right? Yeah.
2: Wow. Right. So there's a there's a number of things you can do now. And, and I have a lot of our athletes doing this now where, you know, um, even if they don't have a squat rack, you know, you're working on doing, you know, just uh, doing wall sits, you know, trying to build up 20, 30, 40 seconds. You know, you can do things like while you're in quarantine, like walking um, even half races, trying for you know, upwards of a minute to try and get some of that, um, you know, really kind of muscle activation, kind of build that lactic acid up a little bit more. Um, And then, you know, as we move into the summer, you know, that's when it's maybe some of the faster stuff, like maybe, you know, you can throw in some sprints or you can throw in some, uh, you know, uh, start and stop, you know, some shuttle run stuff um, so that as fit as you need to be for carrying all of junior's gear up to the mountain and also making sure you've got your, uh, your six pack as well of craft beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have any, uh, any like sprint rep time distance recommendations for someone who runs maybe once a week, three, four five miles? Uh, how, like what sort of uh breakdown for sprinting?
2: So, I, so if you look at the way that most skiers ski, you know, we, we ski for like 90 seconds or so, and then we take a break and we, we, you know, catch our breaths on the side of the trail or wait for family. And, you know, um, I generally like to start people with like 50 yards, okay? It's not the first thing you go out and do, but, you know, sometimes a little bit of, you've got your base under you, you've done a little bit of running, um, you know, go out and set up two cones or, you know, run from like one telephone pole to the next and, you know, kind of really, not 100%, but maybe 90% speed, uh, fully recover, and then do that a couple times. And what you'll find is... It's way more important to be um, consistent than it is to be heroic. So the guy who goes out and does six sprints once a week, but he does it for 10 weeks leading up to the ski season, is going to be way more successful than the person who um, you know, doesn't do anything but then just hops on the first chair, right? And <laughs> says, I'll ski my legs into shape.
0: <laughs> do people actually say that?
2: I don't think people can actually do it, but I know that we, we a lot of times people say, I'm just going to ski into shape.
0: Oof! And those are people who, uh, out their ACL the first or second run. Yeah. Uh, Brian, anything else you, uh, you want to say anything that we can do as the ski community to, uh, that you've seen that we can do to try to help out those folks who are maybe, you know, experiencing some, some tough times right now.
2: I think, I think biggest thing got to be we've got to look at ourselves as a community i know um you know one of the things that folks are grappling with now is that yeah they're not really um there's a versus them dynamic with the of staters coming up completely the tri-state area a little bit um and i think we've got to kind of look at you know being respectful of everybody You know, uh, observing the citizen shopping hours in the morning. You know, not taking your 16 packs of toilet paper if you only need one. And you know, I think we need to be. I'll I'll toss this one at you um, that I heard yesterday, which was a newer stress to the areas. Um, We've actually heard, and I think the New York Times did an article on it, which I think exacerbated it a little bit. Um, We're seeing of pregnant women who are fleeing the city because they want to have their babies up here and not be in a in a hospital in New York right now right and I saw I that article yesterday a, too yeah wow. yeah so there's there's a there's a tendency to kind of have this you know this is my area this is not your area mindset and i think you know uh, we all have to understand that we all play a great part in this and if somebody feels the need that they need to leave new york city Um, I know right now that, uh, the state police and Vermont transit are actually their people at the border who's coming in. Um, uh, I, I think that we all just have to understand that everyone's got a place here and, um, it's not about me surviving this or you surviving it. It's about us surviving it. So, um, I think the social distancing is really important. I think it's also critical that, um, you know, we, we really, um, look at how we are behaving when we're up here. If it's not going to the mountain and making sure that we keep everybody safe, that's important. Um, my wife and I also live on an access point to the Appalachian Trail. And the last two weeks, there's been upwards of a quarter mile of cars parked on either side of the road. And and you know maybe that, that's okay, right? Um, it's split between in-state and out-of-state license plates, but you know if you see somebody hiking down the, those six to ten feet and um you know uh we're hearing anecdotal stories of you know out of staters being attacked in uh and at the gas stations of so that wow, that's, that's something we gotta let go by the way because that's yeah um yeah we're, we're we're all in this together um some clients who have out of state plates on their car because uh they're here on a like a, a line let's say and um they were telling me they got accosted in a uh, in a sandwich shop they're trying to buy lunch because you know they weren't from uh, that stuff really has to go by the way because if our police and our ems have to refer to that nonsense they're not able to meet the healthcare needs of the people who are in danger right now
0: geez mm. yeah that's that's Plus it sets
2: funny. it up for you know people remember things
1: you know how's it going to be going up there next year are people going to say hey screw it you know what I got to cost it in, in Vermont. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go somewhere else, you know?
2: Oh yeah, for right. sure. And and that's where, you know, talking about, about kind of the, the evil empire of passes, but it's, it's really more important than that. You know, I mean, it's, it's really about supporting yeah. each other as a mountain community. And you know, one of the things, and and we all get to play our part. So here's one of the things that I've I've been doing is, uh, you know, I have a lot of fitness equipment and, you know, I've loaned it out to friends and colleagues so that they're not losing their minds while they're quarantined, right? Um, You know, I also know that the school districts are are giving out free food we're in, and there's a number of us who are picking up the food and making sure that if somebody doesn't have a car um you know we're getting it to the, the right place right so you know now is a point to you know from a distance, check in on your neighbors, make sure that we're doing okay. Um, you know, call your local school district, ask if they're having any difficulty getting food to children. Um, you know, maybe you can swing by the school and pick up a bag lunch and drop it off at somebody's door. You know, those are things that we can do now that kind of help each other. And, um, uh, unfortunately, one of the things that happened was, uh, you know, they shut down, uh, a number of people were just shut down outright by the governor. So, um, I pre-bought a couple months of haircuts from my barber because he's going to be out of work right now for a while. And, you know, that's something that I would encourage you to do.
0: Yeah. yeah. Those are the people that it's so easy to take for granted. You just assume they're going to be there. And unfortunately in this crazy time we're in, they, they just might not be in six months. Well, that was all actually really awesome advice, Brian. And thank you for the, for that very, cause you, what you're, where you're at and what you're doing is very unique to a, a lot of folks who, you know, the casual skiers or the, even the hardcores who are just there to be on the mountain and, and rip and then leave. Don't get that perspective. So this has been, this has been really good. And, uh, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, I, we,
2: we need to make sure that, um, yes, we want to hold the season pass, you know, purveyors accountable, but we also need to look beyond that. We need to look at our bartenders to look at the people who are working the door, at the restaurants, um, You know, and, and it can, it can be simple things. I mean, it's just, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a favorite friend in Vermont, give them a call, make sure they're doing okay. You know, um, uh, you know, that's, that's really where I think it needs to be. And what license plate you've got on your car. I think we've all got to be, you know, respectful in the grocery store, looking out for one another and, uh, um, you know, causing as least drama as possible right now.
0: Yeah kindness is super important and it's i don't think it's ever been more important yeah all right awesome well brian thank you so much for your time if people want to reach out to you um i know you're probably in an interesting spot now with with training and with um strength training and physical therapy how can people reach out and get a hold of you
2: i can be reached at alpine athlete at twitter um I can also be reached at brianrfinchpt at gmail.com. And then I work uh, right down the road from Pico at uh, chiropractic and rehabilitation. And um, uh, you can find me there most days.
0: Reach out to Brian if you're going to be in that area. And thank you so much for your time and all these great tips, because again, we, we often look at things from our point of view in our little bubble. It's, it's easy to, to forget all the, the bigger picture of where we're going, where we've been and, uh, how we really do need to take care of each other as a community. So thank you, Brian, for your time.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot, man.
0: And if you have
2: old Vermont license plates, uh, you could probably make some good
0: money selling them right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be, we'll sell them to you at the border. There you go. (laughs) Pick them up
0: five miles down the road in Massachusetts.
2: Five miles before the border, before the (laughs) checkpoint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you know wh- what this time is making me realize is just how interdependent we all are and um yeah i, I think the more that people can realize that the better
0: yeah, that's true, this 100 yeah. percent. this is definitely making us see that it's been a pleasure thanks having you on. you on thanks for your time
2: no worries have a great afternoon guys
0: thank thanks, you too, you too man. hope you guys enjoyed that if you want more info like Brian mentioned, follow him, Alpine Athlete, on Twitter. And if you want to send us an email and need more info, hit us up, ski Podcast at gmail.com.
2: Under the ropes.
0: Mario, start us off.
1: All right. Well, everybody's running around about coronavirus. A lot of people aren't looking right in their own backyard, especially in San Diego, where nearly a half mile tunnel. Was filled with over 4,000 pounds of drugs. Uh, 1,300 pounds of cocaine, 86 pounds of, of meth, 17 pounds of heroin, and 3,000 pounds of marijuana were found with a street value of about $29.6 million. So, this half-long mine, half-mile-long half tunnel from Tijuana to San Diego uh, is where they found it. So, they confiscated uh, narcotics um all this shit wow it's crazy
0: the craziest thing is so it was pretty much a warehouse to warehouse right tijuana and san diego
1: damn they
0: built like a rail really cool. there's like a is it now is it like a legit like railway cart or like railway to- like a Dude, this is tunnel? Like so
1: legit we got to talk to fucking elon musk and the boring company and find out what they've been doing because this shit was like professionally drilled
0: seriously like how do you do this like under someone's nose going across the border like under the border
1: well el Chapo was a master at this this could have been one of his things uh, All right. tunnel ran average depth of 31 feet included reinforced walls ventilation lighting um this is really pretty badass had a little rail car thing going
0: yeah i wonder if it was one of those like uh old school like cartoon you know, like they go up and down one guy on each side <laughs> Of yeah right cards
1: that's probably what it was is whoop, whoop, whoop,
0: whoop. what's crazy is that it was 1300 pounds of coke uh three thousand pounds of weed two pounds of fentanyl like two pounds of fentanyl is probably could kill like twenty thousand people
1: damn i gotta just throw that in there so were they mixing the fentanyl with with the uh with the Coke or the heroin? Because I heard that's one of the things, one of the scariest shit things that came out recently is they're mixing, they're cutting fentanyl into stuff.
0: Well, that's what happened to, you know, I think, is that what happened to Prince? Didn't he die from...
1: Oh, I don't know. I know that there's... Yeah, there's something with... uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely cut it with heroin, which I think with a lot of people thinking they're just, you know, smoking or injecting heroin when it's actually fentanyl.
1: Oh, wow. Hey, I just came across an article. Coronavirus pandemic drives up the price of heroin, meth, and fentanyl. Damn, who knew?
0: Well, now because of this uh, this, this bust right here, it's going to improve the price even more. It's going to jack it up.
1: Yeah, there was something that was on one of the TV shows that they were talking about. I think it was... <laughs> It was either Coke or heroin. And they were lacing it with
0: fentanyl and just fucking killing people. Oof. It's crazy. Getting super jacked up.
1: I never knew fentanyl was. I don't know. I don't even know what fentanyl is. Let's put it that way.
0: Wasn't it like elephant tranquilizer originally?
1: God damn. <laughs> like it's tranquilizer. Just take it.
0: Yeah, dude. Fentanyl is like uh well, that's that's, you know, one of the reasons why legalizing drugs would be a good thing because you wouldn't have things cut with other things you know people are trying to put out legit stuff you know that's why legal weed is better because you know it's not you know what you're getting it's not tampered with messed with
1: damn they call them that like people call fentanyl China white China white there's this horrible thing I'm not even get into this I just came across this article with this guy from Estonia Igor Smirnov was introduced to opiates the day his first son was born when he got celebratory drunk and a neighbor injected him with an intoxicating extract of opium poppies.
0: What the fuck kind of neighbor is that?
1: <laughs> fucking welcome, yeah. neighbor. Dickhead. Oh, congratulations. Holy shit, and that was, that was his rocket train to fucking the deep, dark shit that he came into. Mm. So, goddamn. Mm. I don't even want to read this article. It's going to give me nightmares.
0: Yeah, it's a synthetic opioid pain reliever approved for treating severe pain, typically advanced cancer pain. It is 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine.
1: Damn. It is prescribed, and that had to be government-created, right?
0: Uh, isn't it like a Purdue Pharma created?
1: Nice. There you go. Oh, is that the Purdue Pharma? Way to go, guys. Way to sell your ski resorts. What to. were
0: they... Um, Oh my God. Why am I forgetting what they were part of? No, they were the Oxycontin people.
1: Oh, uh, they were Oxy and they sold, uh, which is, they, they were the ones that sold them. Um, was it Mount Snow and some of the other resorts?
0: Yeah. The mountain collective ones, right? The Mount, uh, yeah.
1: They just sold. Those. Yeah, I, was, I forgot which ones they were. Yeah. God damn. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's bad news, man. Fentanyl is just bad shit. Yeah, I guess they
1: cut it with other stuff and people getting super high and dying.
0: Yeah. Mm. You just never know what's underneath it these days. You could have a tunnel with 4,000 pounds of illegal drugs and not even know it.
1: That's right. Right under your house.
0: Right under your house. You know what? If you are a drug dealer and you have some extra money, perhaps you're looking for a Learjet that has been turned into a street legal limousine. I mean, I know it's on the top of my list of things that I want to purchase at some point in my life when I become a baller. They took off the wings from a Learjet, and they put wheels on this thing. It's 42 feet long and 8 feet wide. The street-legal Learmazine started life as a regional aircraft. Uh, I don't think it does yet. It took two years to design a custom frame sturdy enough to support the plane's aluminum fuselage. Electrical system and full suspension were developed from the ground up. Uh, Finding off the shelf components to turn a plane into a car was evidently easier said than done. Sourcing a body shop with a big enough paint booth was too, but the limousine industry came together to make it happen. (laughs) It made its official debut in 2018. It's got the instrument cluster off a first-generation Chevy Silverado, four screens that display views from various cameras, four vertical rows of red toggle switches mounted right above the lone front seat control, the lights, the music, and among accessories. The rest of the interior is pegged at the unlikely intersection of private jets, limousine, and nightclubs. It's got everything you'd expect to see in an 18-seater party bus, including 42-inch flat-screen television, minibar, 17,000-watt sound system with speakers inside and outside, and infinity floor, plus lots of neon lights.
1: Damn.
0: It's got a 8.1-liter V8 from a Chevy parts bin. It's rear-wheel drive. <laughs> hmm. And it's actually going to be I think on sale at the Mecham's Indy 2020 auction, which is set to take place in May 12th through 17th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds.
1: Yeah, I'm on the site looking at it. It's pretty cool. It actually comes with a trailer that's going to pull it.
0: It sure goddamn does. Winning bid, you receive a 44-foot Iron Bull trailer long enough to carry your jet car. Holy shit. What
1: kind of trailer is that? I mean, the trailer's impressive now, too.
0: Oh, my God. You got to look at the pictures of this thing. It looks exactly as awesome and awful as you think it would.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then they have speakers that do the sound. Like, it's crazy shit. I know that trailer just looks ridiculous on that. Like, it's... the truck looks cool. But I'm like, <laughs> is that really how it's going to drive? Like, is that legal?
0: Well, you see, Ooh. the the cockpit looks pretty cool inside there.
1: Yeah. Just drive that thing everywhere.
0: Yeah, all those switches are hysterical.
1: I love how like they have the engines there, but their speakers coming out. So just it's there for show, and it just it's a smart move. Sound of a jet engine while they drive. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's (laughs) damn things hooked up in there. It's seriously a seventeen thousand watt stereo system.
1: Damn, you are not coming out with a goddamn mid drum out of that.
0: This guy had the worst possible timing with this whole stock market collapse, coronavirus for this thing to go to, to auction.
1: Ah, uh, we can scoop it up. Scoop it up for for Trump change.
0: Perhaps if you win the Powerball, we could pick this up and maybe we can get ski tracks put on instead of tires.
1: Ah, uh, we could always get treads on this bad boy.
0: Imagine getting ski tracks on this thing.
1: If not, you get tracks on the truck that has the trailer that pulls us. <laughs> and then you just park this place and you're just hang out.
0: <laughs> just doing donuts and that thing. <laughs> 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 Woo! Woo, woo, woo. We put we put Nas in this thing? We need a little more power to get that rear end around.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, take take the, the fake jet engine out and put a real jet in there. Oh, yeah, we right? Flames coming out. I can see flames shooting out of that thing.
0: I mean, it, it it truly is stunning. You One have way to see or another,
1: flames shooting out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: perhaps only once. That's right. Flames will come out of it.
1: <laughs> and then the sound of,
0: woo! <laughs> my man watch this
1: (laughs) This one hell of a ride yeah
0: well that wraps up the podcast for the week thank you again so much to brian finch for joining us on the interview everyone stay safe out there do what you're supposed to follow the rules for quarantine we'll get through this we've been using hashtag we will ski again which has been pretty fun it's from our our buddies over at the ski podcast in, in europe Hope everyone is safe and doing well. Thank you again for listening. Check us out at SkiBumPodcast.com, All the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Podcast. Find us on your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. And we will talk to you guys next week. See you.